Alright folks, I'm going to read an article from RT.com and it says the title says well it was published 17th so yesterday okay so it says US the greatest threat to Western civilization who's saying this Trump is saying this <clears throat> the country has never been closer okay so this is on RT.com right he's saying this check out Google News top stories Rolling Stone Trump says arrest coming Tuesday. <laughs> this is the, and and then on art and then on RT, Trump is saying U.S. the greatest threat to Western civilization. And on Google News, he's saying he's saying they're gonna come get his ass on Tuesday. <clears throat> and then CNN is reporting U.S. government is once again threatening to ban TikTok. What you should know. CNN is going bye-bye, first of all. <clears throat> and why are they trying to ban TikTok? <laughs> why is CNN writing an article of banning TikTok? Come on, monkeys. They're making videos on it now. Why they're trying to ban TikTok. And why they're... Now you have people standing up... Uh, uh, standing up against the ban on TikTok because TikTok is the only place they can get their news without, without the Western propaganda bias. It's like this is all happening real time. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> this is what this is what I'm. This is what I was trying to. This is what I was trying to figure out whether this shit is happening real time or not, and. I mean, it looks like it's happening real time. So, let me just read the article. <clears throat> the country has never been closer to, nu to nuclear war, the former president claimed, in a video urging a ceasefire in Ukraine. Yeah, look. Fucking former U.S. President Donald Trump slammed globalists and the American neoconservative conservative establishment in a video posted to his social media accounts on Thursday declaring that the US and some of the horrible USA hating people that represent us are the greatest threat to Western civilization today <clears throat> these globalists want to squander all of America's strength blood and treasure chasing chasing monsters and phantoms overseas while keeping us distracted from the havoc they're creating right here at home, the 2024 presidential candidate explained. These forces are doing more damage to America than Russia and China could ever have dreamed. It's the Jesuits. <laughs> Trump knows. Trump warned that the Biden administration has brought the world closer to the brink of nuclear catastrophe than ever before by pouring money and weapons into into Ukraine. Every day this proxy battle continues. We risk global war, he said, argue, arguing that a total secession of hostilities should be the central issue for the nation. <clears throat> hey, it sounds like Trump uh, got his head on straight, unlike fucking... <laughs> Look, this is like common sense. This, 
He's he's making logical. <laughs> no, you you can't make sense of the mirror. You can't do that. You need Biden, okay, Mister Biden. <laughs> oh my, this is comedy, man. This is this shit is fucking comedy. The next order of business under a second Trump presidency would be a complete overhaul of the State Department, Pentagon, intelligence services, and other key agencies. To fire the deep staters and put America first, followed by fundamentally reevaluating NATO's purpose and NATO's mission. <clears throat> Trump has long argued for European countries to shoulder more of the costs and responsibilities associated with the military bloc, and recently described the Ukraine conflict as a vital concern for Europe, but not for the United States. He reassured his supporters that he is ready to dismantle the entire globalist neocon establishment that is perpetually dragging us into endless wars, pretending to fight for freedom. <laughs> Holy shit, Trump. If you could deliver on this shit, Trump, Mr. Trump, if you could deliver on all this shit, we shall all bow down, <laughs> okay? <laughs> if you could pull this shit off, once again, I'm saying... If if you can actually do this instead of being a politician, okay, what's I'm just saying, okay? Fool me once, right? Mister Okay. God damn, I'm just saying these are very big uh claims, so <clears throat> you better deliver, okay, pretending to fight for freedom and democracy abroad while they turn us into a third world country and a third world dictatorship here at home. Yeah, he's fucking giving it straight, man. Sorry, that's my dog, Bella, chewing on her squeaky toy. Um, while the 45th president did not name any of the globalists or neocons... Bella. Come on. While the 45th president did, <laughs> did not name any of the globalists or neocons who have ranked highly on his enemies list since taking office 2016... He insisted that he alone knows exactly what to do to get the job done. Trump is polling neck and neck for the Republican nomination with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who has not yet officially declared his 2024 candidacy. DeSantis recently told Fox News, News host Tucker Carlson that supporting the Ukrainian military is not a vital interest of the U.S. Other Presumed Republican candidates, including former U.N. envoy Nikki Haley and former National Security Advisor John Bolton, have embraced the Biden administration's bottomless aid to Kiev. <clears throat> I mean, they're literally just dumping the U.S. debt on Ukraine and taking their natural resources. So why would they want to slow this war down? <laughs> they got to try to get rid of as much of this debt Put it on some sucker that don't want it. Well, too bad. Alright, so. <clears throat> another one. I guess I could read. Is dozens of U.S. banks at risk of repeating SVB collapse. Many other lenders are also sitting on unrealized losses caused by the rat rapid rise in interest rates. 
Nearly 200 American banks are facing risks similar to what led to the implosion and bankruptcy of Silicon Valley Bank, according to a paper posted this week to the Social Science Research Network. SVB, a major U.S. lender focused on the tech and startup sectors, was shut down by regulators last week after massive deposit outflows. Yeah, apparently Peter Thiel... um, Told a bunch of his followers to go take their money out of the banks. What did he know that we don't? We didn't. Okay. In the study, four economists from prominent U.S. universities estimated estimated how much market value the assets held by U.S. banks have lost due to the recent interest rate hikes. All these bubbles are gonna pop. It's like you know the. <clears throat> The bubble wrap at school or whatever, or for packing, you pop those when you were kids. Pop, pop, pop. <laughs> that's that's all that's happening because is all banks are literally hollow egos, right? They're inflating the balloon with their own hot air because this money is has no value. They just create it out of thin air, and we pay the interest off, right? I mean, it's like literally digital, digitalized slavery. Anyways. In the study... Okay, I read... Okay. Uh, from March 7th, 2022 to March 6th, 2023, the federal funds rate rose sharply from 0.08% to 4.57%. And this increase was accompanied... By quantitative tightening. As a result, long-dated assets similar to those held on bank balance sheets experienced significant value declines during the same period, they wrote. Although higher interest rates can benefit banks by allowing them to lend at a higher rate, many U.S. banks have parked a significant portion of their excess cash in U.S. US treasuries. Yeah, this <laughs> this this is just so funny, man. It's like we are literally worried about monopoly money. <laughs> oh my goodness! This... The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. What what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? We're all going in circles. That's what it means. <laughs> okay, this was done when interest rates were at near zero levels. The, the, <laughs> the value of these bonds, because apparently the whole concept of zero is an illusion, right? It's make-believe. <laughs> Anyways. The value of these bonds, because zero is not a, you can't, you can't show that physically, let's say. You can't count it, right? It's a, it's an idea. It's not real versus one is you hold up one finger or whatever. That's one, two, three. So zero is a concept anyways. The value of these bonds has now greatly decreased 
zero is basically music it's scale that's all it is up down scale music light energy circle god is a volcano okay you get it now you get it monkey the value of these bonds has now greatly decreased due to the rate hikes. Investors can simply purchase newly issued bonds that offer a higher interest rate. It basically comes down to who the fuck owns the banks and who gives them permission to make up fake money. That's where the power is. If you own the bank, what the fuck you need all this cash for? Like, <laughs> okay. Um... Where was I? The decline. Did I read that? The decline in the bank's portfolios is unrealized, meaning the value of the securities has declined, but the loss is still only on paper. The problem arises when customers request their deposits back and banks are forced to sell their securities at a significant loss. Yeah, it's a Ponzi scheme. In order to pay depositors back, in extreme cases, this can lead to a bank becoming insolvent or as happened with Silicon Valley Bank, the loss of confidence this circumstance engenders can trigger a bank run. Yeah, so literally a Ponzi scheme, pyramid scheme, monkey on top gets all the gold, right? It's the joker, right? Because he can fuck off from from the helipad on the top floor, right? He don't need to come back down. He took the money fucked out of here, right? That's all it is. That's how, like, that's how simple it is. And and how, why does it work? Because the whole system from education is all rigged. Because all these educational institutions in this fucking country are indebted to the banks. All these professors are yoked horses. That's why. What did Mr. Big H say? <laughs> if you can control the books, you can control the monkeys. That's what he said, didn't he? They have the whole system rigged. From fucking education, man. They put sugar in baby fucking formula, man. They put sugar in baby food. What the fuck are you going to say to these fucking... The report's authors looked into how much of U.S. lenders' funding comes from uninsured deposits. The greater the share, the more susceptible... susceptible susceptible a bank is to a run for instance yeah like the wells fargo logo <laughs> remember it's a bunch of horses with a carriage <laughs> the ceo or the head of the bank taking all the money and fucking out of here <laughs> that's wall street right that's basically what they do i mean jesus christ man you put your money in a bank means it's their money now to do what the fuck they please. <laughs> okay.
okay for instance at svb where 92.5 percent of deposits were uninsured god damn the deposit outflow caused the bank to collapse collapse in a span of only two days the authors of the study calculated that 186 american banks 186 american banks do not have enough assets to pay all customers if even half of uninsured depositors decide to withdraw their money. Hmm, so I wonder what would happen now. Because if people just went and started pulling their money out, it would cause all these banks to fail. So then if all these banks fail... Interesting. Our calculations suggest these banks are certainly at a potential risk of a run, absent other government intervention or recapitalization. Overall, these calculations calculations suggest that recent declines in bank asset values very significantly increased the fragility of the U.S. banking system to uninsured depositor runs, the economists concluded, noting that the number of banks at risk could be significantly larger if uninsured deposit withdrawals cause even small fire sales. SB, SVB's failure sent ripples across the entire U.S. banking industry and caused the closure of another lender, Signature Bank. Many other financial institutions have, <clears throat> have seen their stocks plunge with the sixth largest Wall Street banks losing around $165 billion in market capitalization, or some 13% of their combined value. Earlier this week, the ratings agency Moody's downgraded its outlook for the U.S. banking system from stable to negative, citing the rapidly deteriorating operating environment. This is what I keep saying. Either this shit is happening real time or we'll find out, I guess. Okay. Next one. The battle for African hearts and minds. Here's why the West is upset about Russia's growing influence on the continent. As France continues to lose influence, Moscow and Washington compete to take its place. On Sunday, March 19th, the second international parliamentary conference, Russia and Africa will start in Moscow. Over 40 official delegations from all over the continent will participate in the event with discussions ranging from Russian-African corporation cooperation to Western neocolonialism. The forum is just one link in a long chain of recent contacts between officials in Moscow and their African counterparts that will culminate in the second Russia-Africa summit scheduled for July of this year in St. Petersburg. Moscow hopes that the event will elevate its relations with the countries involved to a new level of cooperation. Based on recent meetings between Russian diplomats and their African counterparts, it is clear that the new relations will be marked not only by economic but also military partnership. Wakanda forever. <laughs> the U.S. is the U.S. and its allies have 
expressed concern over the issue and as the Russian foreign ministry warns, have attempted to disrupt the upcoming summit. But is this something the West can achieve considering its slackening grip on the developing world? A bet on the global south. Moscow demonstrated its serious interest in the world's fastest growing region, Africa, at the end of the last decade. The first Russia-Africa summit held in Sochi in 2019 gathered representatives of all 54 African countries, with 43 states being represented at the highest level. Africa has 54 African countries, with 43 states being represented at the highest level. Eight major integration associations and organizations also participate, participated. The event cost the Russian authorities 4.5 billion rubles, about $69 million, and was one of the most expensive of its kind. However, the investments paid off a hundredfold by the end of the summit. The sides signed contracts worth at least 800 billion rubles, that's 12 billion US dollars. This is what I'm saying. All you can all you got to do is first of all get your country and all this shit together, get rid of co corruption, all this shit, clean up your own country first. Like actually fucking pr like offer something to the world, okay? And then throw some nice ass events or ceremonies or whatever the fuck where you invite other country leaders and it's basically a way of outdoing each other through hospitality and then keeping your word with your contracts being adults basically and then see what happens when <laughs> It's okay. We'll see. We will see. It's all happening anyways. It's just... We wasted so much time, Scar. We wasted so much fucking time, Scar. Okay. Following the military offensive in Ukraine and the rupture of relations between Russia and the West, contacts with the Global South have become even more valuable for Russia. This is evidenced by Minister of Foreign Affairs Sergei Lavrov's recent activity. In the first month of 2023, he has already toured Africa twice. At the end of January, he visited several sub-Saharan countries, South Africa, Eswatini, which was Swaziland, Angola, and Eritrea. In February, he traveled around North Africa to Mali, Mauritania, and Sudan. Lavrov's previous large-scale tour of Africa was in July 2022 and included Egypt, Ethiopia, Uganda, and the Republic of the Congo. Moreover, in the first months of 2023, his, depu his deputies held meetings with the ambassadors of African states in Moscow while Russian, ambas Russian ambassadors to African countries met with local authorities. Ooh, this one's pretty long. Okay, I'm gonna keep reading. Military cooperation. 
In addition to discussions of the forthcoming Russia-Africa summit, Lavrov's recent encounters with African representatives focused on cooperation on food and energy security and military partnership. In South Africa, the minister discussed joint trilateral naval exercises with China, which took place in the Indian Ocean from February 17th to 27th. For these exercises, a Russian admiral, Gorshkov class frigate, crossed the Atlantic. In Angola, in Angola, Lavrov recalled the successful launch of the Angosat 2 satellite by Roscosmos in October 2022. He assured the authorities of further high-tech cooperation, expressed happiness at the growing interest in the Russian language, and spoke about creating common currencies within the framework of institution institutions like BRICS. I just want to say, this is I just, this is towards the men. I'm just saying, when it comes to adopting and changing with with the times and with the trends and keeping up with the rest of the Joneses and all that shit. Women are all always ahead of men. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> the <laughs> the women are all are already fucking light years ahead ahead of men already when it comes to at least knowing shit about other cultures and shit. Just in general. Well I'm not gonna generalize that much but i'm just saying <laughs> usually okay in eritrea okay like let me read this last part again and spoke about creating common currencies within the framework of institutions like BRICS. the the k is missing korea united korea the k is missing right there for BRICS. you need you need you need good quality bricks for a solid foundation. If you can't spell the word bricks without the K in there, United Korea, come on, we're waiting on you guys. In Eritrea, Lavrov stated that Moscow is ready to meet the country's needs in the matter of maintaining defense capabilities and developing military technical cooperation. In Mali, the Russian minister discussed the joint fight against terrorism in the Sahel-Saharan zone, the education of Malayan students through the Russian Ministry of Defense and Ministry of Internal Affairs, and the ongoing supply of weapons and military equipment. In Mauritiana, the parties discussed Russian tech transfers and cooperation in healthcare, including training Mauritianan students at Russian medical universities and the work of Russian doctors in the country. Yeah. Like, actually motherfucking helping people. Like, grown-ass adults. Instead of fucking... Oh, man. Instead of having Joffrey here with his merry men prancing around and doing whatever, playing in their little fantasy worlds... And you have grown-ass men listening to them. <laughs> oh my goodness, man. With Sudanese leader Abdel Fattah al-Burhan, 
A preliminary agreement was made regarding the construction of a Russian naval base on the Red Sea coast in Port Sudan. Like these, like these, like, like motherfuckers like Mr. Lindsey Graham going around giving orders to grown ass men. <laughs> why? Because he has money. That's why. These events received broad coverage in Western media and apparently became a source of concern for the bloc's politicians. Soon afterwards, the West embarked on its own series of contacts with African countries. The West Strikes Back In December 2022, at a press conference on the eve of a U.S.-Africa summit forum, U.S. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin claimed that the growing influence of Russia and China in Africa could destabilize the region. Backing loud statements with action, the United States promised to allocate $55 billion to African countries. But these African countries already know what that means. When America gives you U.S. dollars, they, know, they already know what that means. <laughs> Indeed, at the beginning of 2023, the United States conducted joint military exercises with 32 African countries in the Atlantic Ocean. How should I put this? If, 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 if uh, America gives you money and you take it, it's like the scene from the movie 300. Remember the, the guy who who fucked his queen that guy and then and then on top of that tried to like shame her in front of the whole council and stuff remember that guy who who the queen basically killed <laughs> in front of all those cucks right and then out fell all his coin right the money he took I mean that's basically what what it is. That's the scene for the motherfuckers that take the money. That's what happens. Like I said, it's the universal law of mother nature that all cucks get fucked in the end. That's a universal law from mother nature. Anyways, There were also reports of U.S. plans for a military base in Morocco, which would be used to limit the influence of Russia and China in Africa. In March, the United States openly called on African countries to limit partnership with Russia, tying this to the conflict in Ukraine. Motherfucker Zelensky, you better run for your motherfucking life, man. <laughs> Everybody has had enough of Simple Jack, man. No more Simple Jack. They don't want to see Simple Jack no more, okay? <laughs> okay. Our goal, frankly, is to make very clear to these countries from an economic standpoint that your economic interests are aligned with Russia's invasion of Ukraine ending as soon as possible, Deputy Treasury Secretary Wally Adeyemo said. In March, Adeyemo is scheduled to pay an official visit to Ghana, Nigeria, and one other African country. In her turn, U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen already traveled to Senegal, Zambia, and South Africa in January. 
Washington's contacts with Africa are not limited to officials from the Department of Treasury. In February, the First Lady Jill Biden herself paid a diplomatic visit to Namibia and Kenya. It's interesting because I'm seeing a lot of stuff about um, on the idea of having no borders in Africa anymore. Wonder what would happen if that happened. Okay. A series of U.S. visits is scheduled to continue with the trip of Vice President Kamala Harris, who will visit Ghana, Tanzania, and Zambia from March 25th to April 2nd. I mean, honestly, if there's... I'm just saying. I'm just saying this might... But I'm just saying. Like, how do you think... People from Africa would view Kamala Harris going there and telling them what to do. What do you, what do you think? <laughs> I'm just saying. What do you think? How do you think uh, that would, that scene would go down? Kamala Harris coming from the White House, right? Anyways. According to the special representative of the President of Russia for the Middle East and Africa, Deputy Foreign Minister Mikhail Bogdanov, the United States and its allies are waging an unprecedented campaign to politically and economically isolate Russia and also disrupt the second Russia-Africa summit in St. Petersburg this July. Incidentally, Bogdanov mentioned not just the U.S., but also its partners, since another country has been very active, even if less successfully in Africa lately, France. Bacon got too crispy. In early March, French President Emmanuel Macron visited four Central African states during a week-long tour. Gabon, Angola, the Republic of the Congo, and the, Democrat, and the Democratic Republic of the Congo, DRC. During the trip, he stated that the Francafrique era, which supposed the informal guardianship of Paris over its former colonies, is now over and has given way to a new harmonious partnership. Yeah. N-E-G-U-S in Paris. Watch the throne. N-E-G-U-S in Paris. Right? (laughs) Sound is consciousness. According to Macron, this new partnership implies a noticeable reduction of French military personnel in Africa the reorganization of military bases, and a new model of military cooperation. However, these statements look a lot more like the inevitable acceptance of reality than than a gesture of free will. In recent years, Paris has decided to withdraw troops from from the Central African Republic, CAR, Mali, and Burkina Faso. The decision was preceded not only by mass anti-French demonstrations by the local population, but also by Russia's growing ties with the states. 
Paris backs off. The most striking example of French failure is the Central African Republic. France took some France took home its troops only in December last year. Can I just say why are there military why are there French military bases in Africa? It's 2023. Why the fuck are there still like this is crazy. It's fucking 2023, man. For many years, Paris used various means, including military, to intervene in the country's national politics by supporting or removing its presidents. When in 2012, civil war broke out between the government and insurgents, peacekeepers from France and other EU countries unsuccessfully tried to end the conflict. In 2018, CAR authorities turned to Russia for help and signed an agreement on military cooperation. Like, literally, guys, like, look at this shit. What the fuck has changed, man? Fucking. Moscow supplied the Republic with ammunition, trained the local mil military, and gradually increased the number of military instructors in the country. Dude, Lauren Moray is a fucking, she is a prophetess, man. Lauren Moray already called all this shit, man. Less than a year after Russia intervened, the authorities managed to negotiate a truce with several local groups. CAR authorities later expressed gratitude to Russia for its role in the peacemaking process. The success of Russian weapons and diplomacy was converted into economic benefits. In 2020, Russian companies were given permission to mine gold and diamonds in the Central African Republic. Not long ago, the Minister of Foreign Affairs of the Central African Republic, Sylvie Bipo Temon, openly stated that the mistakes of France cle cleared the path for Russia. Events in Mali played out in a similar manner. At the request of the local authorities, French troops had been fighting Muslim insurgents since 2013. But the situation only got worse over time. Finally, the leaders of the military junta requested Russian assistance in fighting the insurgents associated with Al-Qaeda and the Islamic State. As a result, Russian military instructors trained the local army and helped fight the militants. In general, France is losing its military and diplomatic presence in Africa. Mali expelled the French ambassador in early 2022 and by August, French troops were withdrawn to neighboring Niger. In September 2022, a military coup occurred in Burkina Faso, and in January, the new government demanded French troops leave the country. Au revoir. <laughs> Thousands of demonstrators gathered in the capital of Burkina Faso, Ouagadougou, to support the new government just several days after Paris confirmed the withdrawal to, of its troops from the country. The protesters reported, reportedly carried the flags of Burkina Faso and Russia. 
the newspaper I have no idea how you pronounce that <coughs> Vizgliad reports that the coup in Burkina Faso <coughs> resulted in Niger's first officially authorized protest in 50 years the demonstrators shouted the slogans France out and long live Putin and Russia. God damn. They shouted. They shouted in uh, in Niger. In Burkina Faso in Niger. They shouted. The demonstrators shouted. France out and long live Putin and Russia. Okay. Tug of war. The French publication Le Point put a telling headline on its article summarizing the events in Africa. France shone out the door, a red carpet spread before Russia. The article notes that the situation was caused by public skepticism regarding the ability and willingness of the French troops to protect the people in Mali and Burkina Faso. According to French media sources, only 2,000 French military remained in Niger, 500 in Senegal, and another 900 on the Côte d'Ivoire, Ivory Coast. <clears throat> During his speech in Benin, immediately after Lavrov's summer tour of Africa, Macron attempted to throw shade at Moscow by labeling it one of the last imperial colonial powers. Wow, these people have no shame, man. The EU High Representative, representative for Foreign Affairs and Security Policy, Joseph Borrell. I mean, the French soccer team is basically... <laughs> Come on. Echoed him and voiced concerns about the demonstrations in Mali. I saw on TV these young African people walking the streets of Bamako with posters saying, Putin, thank you. You saved Donbass, and now you will save us. It's shocking, he said. Yeah. Wake up, Grandpa. Wake up. Former U.S. Special Envoy J. Peter Pham told the FT that the collective West has lost its influence in certain African countries due to its unwillingness to cooperate in the military technical field. In particular, he noted that the U.S. State Department vetoed the sale of an Airbus transport aircraft equipped with an American-made transponder to Mali. Mali. The Malian Ministry of Foreign Affairs thus agreed to receive both equipment and military aid from Moscow. According to the Times, the U.S. and the former powers Britain and France have been losing their grip on Africa, while Moscow and Beijing are, ex are expanding their presence in the region. Russia's growing influence highlights the evolving relationships on the world's fastest-growing continent, Africa, the, new the newspaper reports. The authors claim that Moscow can count on Africa which has long been the playground of the great world powers to support it at the global level and particularly at the UN. The Times added that the goal of the U.S.-Africa summit was to 
was to lure African leaders, leaders into joining the Western side. But the renewed fight for Africa may already be lost considering the expanding presence of Russia and China in the region. Fool me once, shame on you. <laughs> Lowered expectations. Incidentally, compared to the West, Russia is a lot more restrained in assessing its prospects in Africa. A number of experts believe that Moscow's increasing military presence there is not a solid enough foundation for successful Russian-African relations. Anthropologist and host of the Telegram channel African Behemoth Artyom Rikov notes that in order to, to secure its influence and gain new allies on the continent, Russia needs more than just a military presence. I keep telling you guys, soft power is not soft. Soft power is not soft at all. <laughs> at all. It needs to establish large-scale joint cultural and economic projects with African countries which as of now do not exist. Start with sports, man. That's a great way to... It's about informal ties. For example, understanding where local elites spend their free time and where they educate their children. It's also about trade, finding a market for our goods in an, in an African country. It's also important to understand what kind of goods we're talking about, Rikoff said. Grigory Lukyanov, a researcher at the Russian Internal Affairs Council, RIAC, is also confident about establishing cooperation between Russia and Africa in various fields in order to build partnerships. He believes that bilateral relations are currently in need of specific economic economic projects and a more systematic approach. According to Lukyanov, Africa's current sympathy for Russia is mainly rooted in anti-Western sentiments. The anti-French, anti-British, anti-colonial agenda is once again dominant in Africa. It has gained supporters who are ready, able, and willing to loudly discuss it and receive major political benefits from it. Like, this is what I'm saying. It's 2023 and they were still dealing with this bullshit, man. Just useless motherfuckers, grown-ass men wasting fucking people's time, man. Fucking useless motherfuckers, man. But does this really mean that the region has become more pro-Russian? Lukyanov wonders. The researcher believes that pro-Russian views based on anti-American, anti-European, anti-French, and anti-British sentiments cannot be consider considered a stable model. Yeah, I mean, it's a start, though. The absence... <laughs> what? Uh, once again, who divides? Who divides? Anti-American, anti-European, anti-French, anti-British. Who divides? This is this is like reverse <laughs> this is like reverse psychology right here man The absence of a constructive agenda will soon become apparent if France or the United States leave a particular country the pro-Russian views will lose their foundation If you can't hate someone together why should you be friends Why should you love or at least tolerate and understand each other he says 
Artyom Rikov believes that Western media and politicians are aware of this and discuss the threat posed by Russia in a preventative sort of manner. In reality, he notes, we cannot say that Russia has come to replace the West in Africa. Representatives of the African elite aren't quick to express such views either. In an interview with RT France, in response to the question, does Burkina Faso want Russia to replace France, the Prime Minister said, our goal is to have more opportunities. It's not to have someone replace somebody else. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. It's just simple fucking logic, man. It's also worth noting that most African countries refrain from publicly taking sides in the conflict between Russia and the West. This is the true reason, and not Africa's alleged sympathy toward Russia, why the region does not support anti-Russian sanctions, as noted by the Washington Post back in December. However, Lukyanov says, Russia does not need to win the favor of African countries. Russia needs partnerships with African countries. He believes that Russia and Africa need mutually beneficial relations, not in order to extract resources or win votes in the UN, but to establish partnerships within a new and just world order, Lauren Moray, one that would replace the current crisis. Lukyanov is confident that the that the course of events in Russia, Africa, and the world, both in the coming decade and in the 21st century in general, will depend on effectively achieving this task. According to many experts, we currently stand at the beginning of a long journey and may only anticipate the results of Russia's activities in Africa. As Lukinov emphasizes, a lot of work is still necessary, especially in the quad aspects of church, society, state, and business, before we we are able to discuss major results in the long term. Yeah, and imagine if for once motherfucking Joffrey here would grow the fuck up and actually go and help other people in this planet that they've held down for so fucking long. How about for once we did that? Imagine how much faster we would we would make shit happen. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, like, why are we wasting time building shit and breaking down shit when it's just just wasting people's time? But it's all good. We the adults are standing up. Justice will be served, and it's all good. Everything always works out. All right. Peace, everybody. (laughs) Peace. Peace, peace, peace.